How do you mean that? Well, I mean that there are the colors and the beauties, the designs, the beautiful way things appear. People themselves, dull people, but I thought dull, appear fascinating, interesting, mysterious, wonderful. But that's only the beginning. Welcome to Strange People, Weird Worlds. Let's get this show started. Can you see us both right now? Yeah. Well, I can see you better than I can, Josh. Yeah, he's black. (laughs) (laughs) That's not why. (laughs) I mean, yeah. uh, The best lighting for. Yeah, the lighting in this room sucks. Right above you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get another lamp in here. Yeah. Bam. Eventually. Or get some string lights. String lights? Mm hmm. String lights are fire. String lights are fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, how's everybody doing today? I'm doing good. Doing really good. Good, good, good. Josh, uh, fantastic to have you back. It's good to be back, bro. It's, it's been weird without you. We missed you for sure. Yeah, you know, I've been in the weird world and not with my strange people. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the last couple episodes, you know, not having Steve anymore and then, you know, you had to be gone. You could just definitely tell, like, if, as far as being me, you know, there, there's a, a flow missing from mm-hmm. the show. You know, working with uh, what I would say, you know, two amateurs, not to say that we're professional <laughs> by any means, but uh, you, you could definitely tell the difference. Um, so I'm excited today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got Joe here, and uh, you're back. So uh, I, I feel like I might as well just jump into this. Yeah. Um, well. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Strange People, Weird World. My name is Greg Tanner. With me, as always, again, is Josh Hart. And joining us today, while we are still on our search for the new co-host, is our good friend, Joseph Musso. Uh, You may know him from the... I I, got to stop the... the, You may know him from All D20, uh, the podcast uh, about... Not about D&D, where where they play D&D. Hmm. Uh, Joseph is the dungeon master, uh, the producer and editor, sound guy. Uh, he's the model for when they take pictures. Uh, he, he, he does it all. He does it all. And uh, it's a it's a fantastic show. It comes out every Wednesday. Uh, so you know, check it out if you haven't yet. But, Definitely. Uh, thank you so much for the plug, and uh, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, uh, this for is really being exciting. Here. I love the fact that we can actually talk about. A game that all three of us have played and enjoyed, Hmm. but also a game that has some really strange background behind it. So it's just kind of going to be a little bit of a treat. So first, uh, you know, let's uh, let the audience know, like, what what is Dungeons & Dragons, at least to you? So, Greg, go ahead and start. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons... At this point, it is an awesome game that I dungeon master every other Sunday. Uh, I write my own campaign, as I know you do too. Uh, it's just a good time. It's people getting together. It's it's snacks. It's drinks. It's you know laughing, and it's a good time. And it's if you've always been kind of uh, entranced or enticed by you know, the Tolkien-type stories or, you know, Knights in Shining Armor or Magic or anything like Like, it's a world that has anything you can want in it, and it's a fun way to kind of explore and uh, just just be creative. Um, it's a huge creative outlet for me. If I think back to my first experience, uh, it, it, it wasn't actually Dungeons & Dragons. It was a role-playing game where the person, uh, I guess the game master you would call him, created a world for the players were actually being themselves and like a real scenario happened and we kind of gained some powers and uh, we were going around Las Vegas which is where I was growing up at the time same um, yeah yeah um, yeah Joe is joining us from Las Vegas um, that's pretty dope yeah yeah, pretty yeah. Cool. Um, I, I was born and raised in Sin City as well. Uh, I actually played the original Dungeons and Dragons, like Gary Gygax version Dungeons and Dragons. That's pretty first cool. First edition. So it was nuts. <laughs> I, I don't think I've actually, I've never officially played Dungeons and Dragons, like with the three main books, which we'll talk about. You know, I'm sure you'll get to. Um, until I've actually dungeon mastered myself. Uh, every time I've played in the past, um, it's just kind of been some guys winging it and 
you know, we played with all D6s or like regular dice um, instead of the the 20 sided die, which is what we play with now. Um, so it's pretty cool to have the core rule books and all that going now. And uh, I'm hosting a game, and like I said, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, jo- Josh used to be there, but he was too cool. Too cool for school. <laughs> too cool for school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess to like, you know, talk about my first experience, it was pretty crazy. Like, so I grew up, you know, I'm a huge nerd as well. Like, especially superheroes. Like, that's my thing. Um, but me and my brother, we used to go play uh, Hero Clicks. You guys ever heard of that? Yeah. 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 Big fan. Oh, God. We used to play the hell out of Hero Clicks, man. And, like, I had a pretty great collection. I was always, like, the Avengers and, um, you know, the Justice League. My brother loved the X Men. You know how broad they are. So he had just tons of characters. But. We would go to like a little event every other week or something like that downtown in Denver and play with the uh, you know random people and all that kind of stuff and it, that that team building and like you know social aspect to it is really incredible and you learn to build new friends out of like you know new experiences and things you love and share so when I translated that to D and D I was like yeah sure I'll try it out you know and like I actually really really enjoyed it it was really fun and I think initially for most people what it is is it's hard to kind of let go and be in the moment and like actually kind of enjoy letting your imagination run wild you know what i mean yeah th- that's probably the most interesting and and we'll learn more about this uh when we talk about some of the facts of dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. but the most interesting aspect of it is it's literally a piece of paper that's your character sheet that's it yeah and dice yep, yep and your imagination and how crazy can you make your imagination run and then the dungeon master, who's really like a mediator, they're they're like the the judge that determines whether or not it's you know even realistic to happen in the world. And they put a dice check on that called a DC, and you have to roll the dice, and based off of your skills that are written on your character sheet, uh, will determine on whether or not you're able to do a triple flip over. Twenty uh, foot gorge or fall to your death, and everybody laughs at you and makes fun of you. Like that's <laughs> that's the beauty of of Dungeons and Dragons, and you've got that camaraderie that you know people nowadays just don't have anymore. And I, I love the fact that it took many many years for people to start to understand and appreciate this game to the point where now we have like critical role and not another you know dnd podcast i mean my podcast all d20 we have these podcasts now where people can reminisce about their childhood when they would get away with playing this game Mm. um but it wasn't always fun in games yeah uh so that's then we'll get into the crazy stuff like (laughs) dungeons and dragons so first i'm going to give you a little bit of history and then as we get through the history i'm going to start explaining uh, what was going on during that history and dur- uh, different articles and different TV shows like 60 Minutes that were explaining how Dungeons and Dragons is about you know devils and Satan worshiping and all this other <laughs> yeah. crazy nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know that was the mindset of that time in the in the 80s, and it's absolutely crazy to me. Yeah. Before you do that, did you want to give your backstory on like how you got introduced to it and like. Oh, so, yeah, no problem. I was 13 years old and Mormon, uh, and I had to sneak around my house to go to another friend's house whose dad actually had the original Dungeons and Dragons. So he handed me a player's handbook, and he had his monster manual, and he had his... his, Dungeons Master's Guide that he used, and he said, here's this guide. This guide will show you how to build your character. And I remember spending hours just building this crazy, intricate character, but hiding my character sheet from my parents, because if they saw it, they would automatically assume I was a devil worshiper, and this is in the 90s. (laughs) That's that's outrageous, man. That's crazy. So this this was advanced D&D that you were playing? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, AD&D yeah. to hit armor class zero, man. That was the hardcore stuff. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never played any of the originals, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, so, so 1969, like I was saying before, Gary and Dave kind of met at this con and decided that they were going to make this this game called Chainmail. But before that, so Gary Gygax was kind of a weird dude. He liked to kind of live in his basement and 
create these little pawns and figurines and then measure out how how much damage he could do based off of the distance, what a spell would do based off of the pawn, and all these other little intricate things. And I honestly believe not only is he kind of like the founding father of Dungeons & Dragons, but also Warhammer. Because I don't know if you guys have heard of Warhammer, but yeah. Warhammer is basically Dungeons & Dragons, but with more pawns, and they've got rulers, and they're measuring out the distance between each attack, and what it means if you have multiple pawns attacking each other, and the distance between eyesight and all that other crazy stuff. I know it's, it's very, very much uh, related to yeah, tabletop pieces, and you have to buy a lot of stuff and paint it yourself. <clears throat> and uh... Yeah, it's a whole genre <laughs> of interesting nerd stuff, yeah. probably more than what we could talk about today. And from what I, from what I understand, uh, Gary Gygax, uh, very very complex and uh, detailed person as compared to Dave, uh, was Armisen? Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, Dave uh, Anderson. Dave Anderson was more, I guess I compared to myself, a uh, shoot from the hip kind of guy. Even, uh, yeah. even our relationship as uh, two podcast producers, um, you know, we've grown to know each other. I'm very much a shoot from the hip person and, uh, you know, I'll get it done and you are very thorough and uh, methodical yes, yeah exactly yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, so they they had that kind of relationship and uh and they grew to a very successful business yes, you know yes. by the time uh dungeons and dragons was known there was three to four million people playing the game and this is back in the day before internet like people forget the the gravity of having that many players play a game that's like equivalent to someone playing monopoly and there's no board involved it's just polyhedral dice your imagination and three books that's it and that was absolutely crazy so eventually some odd things started happening and we'll get into that uh there ended up becoming a partnership with TSR around the 75, 1975, and then after that, things started getting a little bit weird. Um, they had these crazy reports of teens like committing suicide while playing Dungeons & Dragons. So that's the first portion of Scare uh, that really started making people go, what's this game all about? So I, and I believe the first that, one was, uh, uh, I think, a college student, a young college student. He was kind of advanced. He was in college early, and he disappeared into the yeah. sewers or some, some sort of under underwater main, under underground water. In the water. tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. Steam tunnels, I think it was. So the interesting thing is, is there's different rumors on that. Like, I heard a rumor that he joined a cult of Dungeons & Dragons players, and they used to hide in the tunnels so they wouldn't get caught, and they were trying to summon Satan. Huh. That was, that's what I heard <laughs> about this guy. And this, is, this happened in 1980, and the, so two years before I was even born. Yeah, the way I always knew it is he lost his grasp on reality... And he kind of went off adventuring and got stuck in the uh, tunnels and died. Um, yeah. Um, which it turned it, out none of this is true at all because he was found. Yeah, he, he was found. And, you know, they also found that he suffered from depression. He was addicted to drugs. And he was using the tunnels of the university not only to play the game but also for self-harm. So this is a disturbed individual. Um, who definitely had other issues that were going on in his life, and maybe he was using Dungeons and Dragons as a coping mechanism to escape reality, and maybe he took it too far, maybe he didn't. But they took the the little bit of information, like the news used to do back in the day, and just ran with it. Didn't look at any other data and just took it, was, it to the next level. It was a private detective, and it, this private detective, even at this time, it was this old ass fucking man. Yeah, <laughs> and all the, all he does is they they search his this kid's room, and they find these Dungeons and Dragons books. And you know, at this time in the seventies, you find this, and it's like a witch's manual or you know a yeah. spell book, or you don't know what it is. And they they instantly blame it on this, and yeah. th this kid's mom fucking flips out. And uh, so you know they take her so seriously that police departments across the nation are contacting this kid's mom as a resource. What? Yeah, so that, that happened in 1982, and I have a lot of information on that. So uh, 1982, the year I was born, uh, Irving Pulling was, killed himself with a gun. And his mother, Patricia Pulling, created this, this group called BAD, B-A-D-D. 
<laughs> bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. Bothered about Dungeons not. and Dragons. I kid you not. That is a real group that Patricia created and that that she was a part of. Hey, hey, um, did you uh, did you hear about that new group? There, that. <laughs> What, what, it's about Dungeons and Dragons. Are they mad? No, no. They're just, just bothered. Just bothered. Just bothered. <laughs> just bothered. You know, don't, don't bring it up. I mean, if you have to bring it up, but you know, try not to. It kind of bothers them. <laughs> you know, it's interesting the 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 verbiage and the acronyms that were described in the early eighties. Um, just you don't know, think that was thirty years ago. That was that was a long time ago. Uh, so. Basically, she's blaming her son's death, her son's suicide, on a game called Dungeons and Dragons. And there have been reports of her son showing other issues, some psychological issues, some depression and things of that nature. There, you know, not no proof on this, but they're a highly religious family. So coming from a highly religious family myself, you could only imagine what it's like to have to hide playing a game that's your only escape from reality and then all the other pressures whether it be school bullies religion whatever adds it up the game isn't sufficient enough as your coping mechanism so you end up offing yourself and the only thing that your mother can blame is this game called dungeons and dragons like yeah, yeah. and then created this group out of it mm-hmm. i think it just stems from like especially in that time bro like there was um, you know, with religion being so prominent in like beliefs and like in households, it kind of restricts your uh, your perspective on like what you can and cannot enjoy and like what's actually dangerous to you or, or not. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> like back in those times, it was more like you know you work a job, you you know you praise God and like you know you take care of your family and like that's it. Like I think even like dreaming to do something more with your life other than just like living and being a blue collar yeah. worker was almost, like, looked down upon, you know, because of the immense responsibility that you had to your immediate family and stuff like that, so... And one of the you have th- to provide. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I find interesting is through all these accusations, Gary Gygax, one of the, you know, creators, he's actually a devout uh, Jehovah's Witness this mm. whole time. Hmm. Which I find extremely ironic. You know, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's huge irony in here, and... And he said himself that he keeps his his faith separate from the game, and he keep he puts no faith into the game and no game into his faith. They're two separate entities, mm. separate but equal, you know, if you will. Yeah, as they should be. Yeah, but so that that was like the catalyst. Out of there, there's tons more data of a whole bunch of other people and kids that committed suicide and police blaming the the game instead of actually looking at the truth of the matter. Um, but that started to steamroll this this Dungeons and Dragons. I'm doing air quotes for people that are listening. Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> epidemic, right? Of of behavioral modification, which is what Patricia Pulling calls it. Um, she literally says that any type of role playing is behavioral modification and setting yourself up for brainwashing. Hmm. Yeah. So she said at this point, you know, the only thing role playing is used for is behavioral modification, um, you know, like in yeah. ther- therapy sessions and things like that. So at this point, basically these kids are hypnotizing themselves into <laughs> thinking they're in this world of uh, Tom Hanks and monsters and uh, things like that. Uh, Tom Hanks I is a joke. If you <laughs> I believe that Tom Hanks played that, and yeah. I saw the clip yeah. of him like doing his little crying scene when he realizes that it's just a game. <laughs> and I wonder if Tom like looks back at that and then maybe looks at Matthew Mercer, who's you know this great dungeon master for this Amazing. very popular game. I, I'd love to get them them in a room together and see what the response is. I, I'm giving. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to. And first, let's, let's explain what we're talking about. Um, sure. There was a book called Monsters and Mazes that came out during this. Uh, basically, a book about a kid who loses grasp on reality while playing this game and mm. ends up killing himself and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they adapted to a movie starring a very, very young Tom Hanks, which I think was probably just trying to get a role. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's just hilariously terrible, you know. Eighties goofy monsters, and you know Tom Hanks breaks down. Um, at, at the end, he's like by a dock, and like the, the dungeon master ha- of his game like has to come, and he's like, "I am the game master, and I say you cannot do this." And he's Tom Hanks, like it's a game, a game, a game. Yeah. 
just kind of loses his shit. <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, you guys can you can find it. You can search Tom Hanks. Um, it's a game, and I'm sure you can pull it up with yeah, those mazes tags. and monsters, oh, or monsters and mazes, whichever one it was. Oh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> so all this stuff blows up, and then it. it Patricia starts getting some momentum in bad because uh, a few other people die and then more mothers join. Uh, other kids commit suicide. There's this crazy story about uh, Daniel and Stephen Irwin um, where they ended up completing a suicide pact. Basically, one brother convinces the other brother to shoot himself, and then the other brother, realizing what he does, also kills himself. These are the and two that were... Uh, the investigators claim that the boys' fascination with Dungeons & Dragons is the reason for their deaths. And then TSR go, you know, sends a very strongly worded letter to the police department stating... You guys are falsifying information. These aren't all the facts. You guys need to correct this information, or we will do what we have to. Mm. So basically, they're saying we're going to sue without without saying we're going to sue. Yeah. And they retract that information, and it really angers Patricia. So what does Patricia do? She gets a hold of 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes. This is great. Oh, man. And, and holy smokes, like... I was like, ah, well, you know, big deal. Let me go ahead and listen to this and see what the deal is. First of all, 1980s resolution sucks. I can't believe we watched TV and even functioned in the uh, 80s. I think any time, even the 90s, it, you ever see like an old football game from the 90s? You're like, what the hell was this? <laughs> How did we see this? Right? Yeah, so, like, what am I watching, Sega Genesis football here? Like, huh. <laughs> this is 8-bit technology. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> You know, everything's all fuzzy. You're like, whoa. And this is like their high-def version of, of TV at the time. So anyway, they're they're interviewing both sides of the story, which they should. They're interviewing Patricia, and they're mm-hmm. interviewing Gary. So they're talking about how, you know, Timothy Grice at 21 was shot with suicide. Irving Pulling was killed at 16. Daniel and Stephen Irwin, age 16. They're all blaming Dungeons and Dragons for this. James Allen Kirby, everything. And uh, they're literally saying that Dungeons and Dragons is the reason why all these kids either killed themselves or were coerced to killing each other, whatever the case may be. Ignoring the fact that every single one of these kids, and I researched it myself, have had some sort of psychological or mental issue on top of playing this game. Mm. So they're ignoring what's really happening, and they are expressing their opinion of basically an escape. They don't want... They don't want people to or themselves to realize that they may be the cause for not seeing these mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. That it has to be something else. So it's rock and roll music. We, we you know we have tons of stuff about that, and yeah. or Dungeons and Dragons. And then Kaikax goes, "There's no major valid or clinical evidence showing that any of this is related to Dungeons and Dragons. This is all a witch hunt. Yeah, I think you guys I, are try, trying to make us responsible for." Disturbed children. I think my favorite point that he made was, uh, you know, he he flat out says, he's like, we're going through a teen suicide epidemic right now. He did say that. There's thousands in this country, and you're pointing out 12 cases to me. That means nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the uh, other you know they could be playing high school football. All these, you know, that's that's a meaningless factor amongst how many cases there are. So yeah, it's it's a witch hunt. Yeah, basically. and I think you know the sad part is I think we still see that type of like reporting and media to Absolutely. this day. Like it's still so prominent. Like, do you remember the whole like uh, the MAGA hat kid? Yeah, so I like, do. How how obscene that whole situation was just from like one camera angle. How that can enrage an entire nation. And, like, literally they had the entire story completely wrong. And they just ran with it, you know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing with, like, the uh, the police violence against, you know, black people. Like, you know, you see the, the small clip of, like, you know, maybe them two getting at it for, like, a minute or, like, a half a second, and it's just, like, it escalates and he dies. Yeah. But you don't see the, the arguing or – I'm talking specifically about the times when, you know, uh, the cops are uh, – I, somewhat justified, I should say, I guess, in the sense of like you know this dude was being an asshole, and I was you know doing my job, and he went out of line, and 
you only see that little bit and like, oh, no, that's racist. Like, it's the same type of shit. Yeah. 12 kids out of 1,000 is and, not any evidence for uh, yeah. <laughs> this hysteria. And to yeah. narrow that spectrum even more, I can think back through my whole life of every time this has happened in the news. When I was six years old, which would make 1991, the, the Ninja Turtles cartoon was on the news as violent and causing kids to be violent. <laughs> if you watch that now, it's so corny. I love Ninja Turtles, but it's yeah. corny and dopey and, like, the, you know, Compared to what's on now, not violent at all. Uh, you well, know, I when I was in, lie. when I got my my hands on Donatello's weapon, I did smack my sister with it. Like, <laughs> I definitely did that as a kid. I was spinning broomsticks <laughs> around the house. Yeah, like, um, but you know, and then in middle school and early high school, you know, Grand Theft Auto became the thing. Mm. And you know, because of that game, I was going to steal a police car and shoot people and blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, there's always a target, be it pit bulls or you know whatever. Something. Something's getting demonized constantly because people can't take responsibility for shit. Yeah, and I think before we move on from exactly. that, like the, the point I have, it's like uh, kind of what I was saying before, that there's, you know, there was this time where people were more naive to like how reality actually functions and like uh, things like Grand Theft Auto, things like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or a lot of those things that get demonized, even rock and roll music, uh, being able to express your inhibitions in a way that is more safe than like bottling it up and letting it kind of explode eventually was never really prominent now right now you know you can do pretty much anything you want that's not violent towards others or whatever and like it's okay because people realize yeah like talking about your your issues talking about you know your depression or whatever you're going through or expressing in some way that's not hurting other people is the way the way better way to go than other than like you know not talking about it at all it is, and unfortunately, like you know, we have other examples. Like Marilyn Manson's a perfect example. He went uh, and had an interview uh, with Bill O'Reilly, I think, and Bill was trying to basically point the finger at him as well. Like, don't you believe that children are listening to your music and it's causing them to do lewd sexual acts and blah blah blah? And and Marilyn goes. It's not my responsibility to police your children. It's your responsibility to raise your children. If mm-hmm. you don't think that your children should be listening to my music, then make sure they're not listening to my music. Yeah. That is not my problem as right. an artist. I love and the hearing same thing him interviewed. With Dungeons and Dragons, you know, yeah. it's it's the responsibility of the people who play the game and the individual person to realize that this is make believe, and um, that when you step away from this, you're not Rathgar, the barbarian, and you shouldn't go up to the cashier and smack him in the head because they overcharged you for something. Like that's you know that's common sense. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. And I think that's something we talk about a lot. You know, just kind of like individual responsibility, which I feel like is like prominently lacking. In our society Agreed. today, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> I totally agree with you. So, this is where it gets really interesting in the sixty minutes. Uh, once you listen to it, and you guys can go to YouTube and just type in Dungeons and Dragons sixty minutes, mm-hmm. and it's worth the sixteen or so minutes of your time. So I want to talk about some very specific things in in the actual video. So if you skip to six um, six minutes and twenty eight seconds, you'll hear this guy, Dr. Telus Radecki. He's the chairman of the National Coalition on Television Violence, and he tells his point of view as a psychiatrist who teaches at the University of Iowa Medical. Again, this was nineteen eighty five, so he may not be teaching anymore. So <laughs> this guy literally tells people that he's, he found 28 deaths related to Dungeons and Dragons. Like he, he can correlate 28 deaths based, based off of him being a psychiatrist that Dungeons and Dragons created these environments in order for children to kill themselves. And he has 28 claims. He even went so far as to say that he actually has a, a proof that one of the parents or has heard that one of the parents actually say that they saw their kid summon a Dungeons and Dragons demon into the room, and that's what caused to kill themselves. Okay. I, I want to read that. I want to requote that real quick because he says, "I saw them summon Dungeons and Dragon demons." <laughs> Dang, I can't remember now. The way he says it was hilarious. It, it was fantastic. If you want to hear the exact quote, yeah, you know, you, I gave you the the spot to skip to six uh, twenty eight and enjoy. Uh, <laughs> then he yeah. talks about another case where this kid was 
couldn't astral project anymore, so the only way he could do it was by blowing his brains out, and yeah. now he's not back. He and supposedly like, right, followed the exact rules of the game, which I guess led to a gunshot through the head. I've never seen that in the player's handbook. Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> the gunslinger was invented way, way later in Dungeons yeah, & Dragons. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, can you even astral cool project? In I've never seen anything about astral projection. Have you? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a like I'm gonna start. Is that like I'm a monk? Sound super nerdy. So it's like a high high level wizard spell, and basically you you can transfer yourself and your party into the ethereal plane. And so if you're like fighting a ghost that is terrorizing a city, hmm, and okay. it's it's uh, showing itself to the city to cause damage, and then it goes ethereal, so no one can see it or, or hear it. You can astral project yourself into the ethereal plane and fight the ghost. So I don't know about you, but anytime anybody anywhere talks about astral projection, I only think of one thing, and that's Chris Farley in Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> Projecting himself into the plane to ask for advice. Uh, uh, he just smoked a big bowl, man. He just <laughs> I, no, that doesn't work. I've been trying that for years. <laughs> oh, anyhow. Yeah, so so this psychiatrist just blows everything out of pr- proportion. And Kygax, you know, he's just like, come on, guys. This is, this is not... It's not reality. This is a make-believe. And then uh, another interesting point he makes is, think of Dungeons & Dragons like Monopoly. So if you go bankrupt from Monopoly, you don't immediately think that you're you know, bankrupt you know, outside of the game and you have no money and, and you're, you're SOL. You know it's a game and make-believe. It's not real. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Patricia's rebuttal is, Monopoly has a board. Dungeons and Dragons does not Really? And Dungeons and Dragons is just role play And role play is another form of behavioral modification And behavioral modification is a fancy word for brainwashing and it's also in the sixty minutes article in the in the video. It's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. See, Josh, what you didn't realize is when you were playing D anD D with me, when I drew out those maps on the graph paper, uh-huh. I had to make that board to keep us locked into reality. Had yeah. I not drawn those maps on the graph paper, we would have had no board. We would have been flying willy nilly through reality. You would think so you're a demons. dragon still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Josh was a dragonborn ranger, so he'd be running around shooting people with a bow and arrow and breathing fire on people. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like fun, but, you know, common sense would dictate I'm not going to do that and because that's just a game. My <laughs> girlfriend would literally be eating hearts out of people's chests because that's her, play, her player character's favorite move. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> she, also, ate, she ate yours, by the way. Why? What? <laughs> what? Oh, no, she wanted to, but I gave you the shaft. That's okay, right. thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, my wife Felicity would be walking around with a a glowing sword and shield, uh, yelling for Valanthus everywhere. So, you know, that's it's just not real. It's not going to happen. Oh, I need to confirm something with you, by the way. Your character was holding the key that you guys found on that dwarf, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, such it's gone. (laughs) Cool. Tragic. Just had to confirm that for my party real quick. (laughs) (laughs) The audience has no idea what you're talking about. None at all. None at all. Uh, yeah, the, my our party in the game, uh, when Josh was still playing, they found a key in the beard of this dead dwarf. They don't know what the key does, but they're pretty sure it's important, and it's now gone with Josh's character forever. Yeah, sounds like about right, because I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll take this. Uh, you wore it around your neck, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, I was like, sure. this is yeah. mine now, yeah. and it's, it's gone forever. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> back to Joseph Musso in Las Vegas. <laughs> So, I mean, that's pretty much the conclusion, or at least the cliff notes of the 60-minute yeah. article. Uh, Gary, which, I think Gary does great, though. Like, he definitely even does great at calling out the parents. Like, you know, maybe you need to realize there was something wrong with your child, you know. Like, you know exactly. There was already and, ongoing problems that you weren't picking up, you know. And, and I totally agree with him. I totally agree with Gary. Yeah, he, he did a fantastic know. job of holding his own in that interview, I think. Uh, you know, he did. He really did. He, he stood up for you know wh- what he believed in, and he didn't say anything ludicrous or, or you know. He even went to so far to say there's no martyring, there's no real violence. This game is just all make believe that you just roll dice. Now, it's, it's that simple. My question for you, because we all know to this day, you know, no pub- no publicity is bad publicity. Do you think with, without this satanic panic, would we still have Dungeons and Dragons today? 
Definitely. Yeah. Um, even without the satanic panic, this is this is war- uh, warmed its way to nerds' hearts. It's it's had some generations it's had some scares and some ups and downs, and it's traded owners a few times now. It has. It went from TSR to Wizards of the Coast, and then it went from Wizards of the Coast to Hasbro. And even amongst TSR, it traded from Gary Gygax to I can't think of her name. He, yeah, I, I have it somewhere. Um, she, I'd have to pull it up. Yeah. But uh, basically, he he went through some some money troubles and cocaine, cocaine, and they didn't and they didn't have enough money to cover what they needed to cover, and TSR just kind of swooped in. And it was a it was a pretty evil way that they swooped in. So there was their stock shares involved in TSR, and I can't remember her name, but she swept in with her team and bought all the shares, so that Gary Gygax no longer had control of his company, and literally stole his company out from underneath him because he was struggling financially. And it was kind of a really really low takedown, and it really affected Gary Gygax's personal yeah. life quite a bit. He went through great bouts of depression. You know, he stopped communicating with his friends and his publishers and and kind of locked himself away with Gail Gygax, his wife. And they kind of took a break for a while. He built some other RPGs that uh, weren't quite as popular well, uh, un- as... Go ahead. Unfortunately for him, he suffered what TSR did to a lot of up-and-coming gamers and was sent cease and desist letters to anything anything similar to Dungeons and Dragons at all. So anything yeah. Gary came up with afterwards, TSR nailed him right away. Yeah, they did. And any games that he made that were separate from Dungeons and Dragons just didn't have quite the same luster. And I honestly think it was because Gary was heartbroken. They, they stole his dream from him. And it's, yeah. it's a sad story. He went through a rough you know? time. He, um, he spent a lot of time in L.A. trying to like sell movie rights and TV rights. That's where the, the TV uh, cartoon show came from. That's so cool. Uh, I remember that cartoon. Yeah, and unfortunately he did. He got into the L.A. lifestyle, um, you know, cocaine and whatnot and things like that, and uh, led to some bad decision-making. And ultimately he wasn't a businessman either. You know, he was just a nerd who liked games and... And a creative, and yeah. that's the problem with creatives, you know, like me. My, my wife is my business partner. She knows, she handles the, the day-to-day stuff, very similar to what Gail did for... For Gary, yeah, absolutely. Um, Same here. You, you know, know, Miranda is absolutely the brains of our operation. Um, I, I can't, I can't deal with like numbers and how much I'm supposed to spend on things. Like, I kind of just tell her, <laughs> yeah, this is what I want to buy, and then she tells me the price that I should stick in, and then I stick in that price. And I have some other business mentors that I talk to as well that kind of give me that, you know, you don't need to buy all those things because as a creative, you just want it all now. You want yeah, it now, I, and you I want know. it. Awesome. Oh, I know. It's terrible. <laughs> and you can't do it that way as a business person. You have to break everything up in steps, and everything has to be methodical. And that's what I've been pushing myself with with the podcast that I'm doing is keeping it methodical, keeping it smooth and streamlined and uh, enjoyable. Have you actually had a chance to listen to it yet, Josh? I have not. No, I have not. I barely listened to our own. Now. Josh, Josh's a busy guy with things to do. That's why he stops hanging out with me and playing D and D and all that stuff. Well, you're a musician, right? Yeah, musician, photographer, creative consultant. Yeah, and a furniture guy. And a furniture guy, yeah. so um, like, I think a lot of Josh's hardship, too, is he has to, we're in Denver, and he has to travel to Fort Collins, which is about two hours away. About an hour and a half to two-hour yeah. drive, uh, pretty much almost every week. Like, yeah, that's where like the music ouch. studio and all that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, so uh, in other news, I may be moving back up there. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but yeah, so but it'll just make it easier for me to like you know organize time because you know when you're trying to do something with someone and like you the commute time and like the organization time of like all right we got to plan this day out yeah. <clears throat> a lot of that will be um, gone once the, me and my homies are living together and we'll be able to have that creative time pretty much all the time so it'll make life yeah. a lot easier so I'm excited for it but yeah I, I will check it out I see your guys's uh, Instagram posts. And, like, uh, I just, I like them because they're basically, like, memes. And, like, since I have played Dungeons & Dragons, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> and me not being a meme guy, like, I'm so I'm so old compared to just, like, memes. Like, they, I don't really get them, but, like, I like your guys' memes. So, good, yeah. Thank good you. job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just to plug the show one more time, you know, if, 
don't be scared if you're not into Dungeons and Dragons. Like, if you like hearing a fun story, listen to the show. That's, mm. that's the best I'll say. You know, it's, that's all it is is you're you're getting to hear a fun story, um, but it's played out by dice rolls. And it, exactly, it's a great time. He's got a great cast of people that do it. Um, they're all super cool, super fun people. Uh, yeah, you, I'll go ahead and give them a plug. So it's uh, Felicity Musso. She plays the paladin. I have uh, Kimberly Stevens. She plays the the gnome uh, wizard. And I have Zachary Litz that plays uh, Nugget Ironbeard. He is the uh, drunken dwarf, which is very cliche in uh, Dungeons & Dragons. He's funny. I have Jeremy uh, Bohan, who's playing Jean Gautara. He's a snobby uh, French Eldrin elf. And I have uh, Florian Rue Dancer, who is also another snobby uh, elf, and he is now a sorcerer. He was a bard, now he's a sorcerer. If you want to find out how that happened, you have to listen. Wow. Um, so <laughs> that's the crew, and they're awesome, and I really couldn't do any of this without them. And, you know, I, I've even plugged Greg's show. It's fantastic. You yeah. guys are awesome. I listen to you guys every chance I get as well. And uh, I'll be plugging you guys again shortly. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, I just did a like little live Instagram story saying, like, hey, awesome. we're, we're hanging out with, yeah. with the boy. And so, uh, I think one of my favorite things is your um, your Facebook page. Uh, you join the Facebook page and then go beyond that and you join the No Red Caps private conversation. Yeah, no Red Caps allowed. Yeah, so no red since caps Red allowed. Caps have been a bane of existence for the party, those are a monster. The show. Yeah, those are a little, I, uh, little I went evil ahead monster and uh, made it to where no Red Caps were allowed in the, yeah. in the private room. <laughs> so those are a nemesis in D anD D. And if you join that, it's it's pretty fun. You know, you post things and you you get to talk to some of the different casts. They all join in the conversation to um, you know Joseph's always there um, talking about things and uh, it's pretty cool we but, also give little hidden tidbits that we don't share with everybody else as well so it, it would be interesting yeah to come give it a yeah so keep, give it a shot uh, that's that's the last we'll uh, plug it for now till the yeah. end for now <laughs> for now <laughs> so after Patricia had her 60 minutes like her fame skyrocketed. Patricia Pulling. Yeah, and so that, uh, that's the one I was saying where the even police ended up contacting her for Yeah, exactly. So she became like, like uh, an investigator for police. She was a, a basically a commentator, someone that they would rely on. If there's anything related to Dungeons and Dragons, she would be involved in it. And she ended up writing a booklet called Dungeons and Dragons, Witchcraft, Suicide, Violence. Mary uh, Dempsey, Pat De- and Patricia Pulling. Like, so they talk about, like, what happens with D&D, like this, the witchcraft that's involved, what suicides were involved, what kind of violence was involved, all related to Dungeons and & Dragons. And, and this, it's crazy. You can actually, I think I shared it with you on Skype, the, the actual booklet uh, front page, if you want to put that on your Facebook page. Um, uh, and it's just crazy. Like, this really describes about, you know, violent occult-related issues and uh, worship, devil worship and all that stuff. And this booklet that Patricia wrote in um, in regards to Dungeons and Dragons. Interesting. And uh, I think it was it didn't Anton LaVey kind of come out right around the same time too? <laughs> yeah. Just Which didn't help. Feeling you know, the I mean, fire I guess more. Anton yeah. was kind of uh, jumping on the social currency bandwagon. D&D was now in the news and everything. And of course he, you know, touts Dungeons and Dragons is fantastic. It's great. You know, it allows you to to be yourself and express yourself. And he used that for, you know, Satan worship and all that fun stuff. And but, An- Anton LaVey is the founder of the Church of Satan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ironically enough, um, they're actually just atheists, um, and they like to push buttons, so that's just kind of the theme. So they, they take anti-Christian themes like that, but they're actually just... So they're just trolls. That's Basically, yeah, they're yeah. atheist trolls. It's a <laughs> very good very way to describe them. For, for <laughs> today. Um, An atheist troll. Yeah. Very accurate. That, that's like the best term I've ever heard for the church of <laughs> Satan, yeah. They're atheist trolls. So, you know, the Dungeons & Dragons, this is some of the descriptions that we found on news articles. And, you know, huge shout-out to Felicity Musso. She spent a couple days... She's getting her uh, major in English, so I said help. And she helped me dig for, like, real articles and real information. She helped me find, like, that, that front 
a page of that pamphlet and some interesting facts about Patricia and all that stuff. So huge shout nice. out to her for that. Yeah, you know what? So, I'll allow a medium shout out for that. That's it's I'll allow a medium <laughs> shout out. No, it's a huge medium, one. <laughs> medium shout out. Allow. Medium medium plus. Medium I'll go plus. medium plus. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh. Hell yeah. Shout out. There you go. Yeah. Cheers. It's a med- medium well. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's it's a rare shout out now. We're, we're downgrading it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry, so, um It's been referred to demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sexual perversions, homosexuality, prostitution, Satan type rituals, gambling. Barbarism. These are all from articles that are talking about Dungeons and Dragons. No uh, specific keywords. Now, cannibalism. Okay, it's still going. Okay, sadism, desecration, uh, demonic summonings, necromantics, divination, and other uh, magical teachings that go against God. Okay, so first of all, we all know. From day one, we are an anti-sex offender podcast here at SP 100%. Weird World. 100% Agreed. anti-sex offender podcast. So, minus the rape and the, ne- we'll say necromancy, it all sounds like a great time. Like, what am I doing wrong as a dungeon master that none of this is happening <laughs> in my game? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, none of that. In, I, I, I don't yeah, think... No, most of that uh, we've ever even experienced. Of course, gambling, sure. Yeah, you know that's fun part of the uh, game to I make them gamble and then they lose something more than more than money. I think the worst thing that's ever happened to me is a tummy ache because um, my buddy Chris he always brings over lots of tasty snacks. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like brownies and cookies and things like that. And then my girlfriend makes these grapefruit Moscow mules and I drink mm-hmm. those, those and oh. Yeah, it's just like a sugar overload, and uh, you know it's dangerous. It's got high you're... stakes, man. Yeah, high yeah, stakes. yeah. I will admit, Did there I... was one time I saw violence in Dungeons and Dragons. I saw somebody pick up the table and flip it over because they rolled a one and watched their character get eaten by a giant demon. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time that I actually saw violence. And Nobody that... was harmed. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the kind of person, you know, who f- fucking tosses the Monopoly board, too. You know? yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> no, he was possessed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Patricia, after making this pamphlet, spread the, the D&D demonic scare like wildfire. It spread to Canada, it spread to England, even so far as Australia. In fact, Felicity, who's Australian, told me about some of the stories that the Australians were hearing about Dungeons and Dragons. And it was crazy. There's this huge media campaign that was involved with uh, conservative Christians um, warning that Dungeons and Dragons leads to demonic worship and uh, your child's soul is at stake. And uh, how Gary Gygax is this, you know, demonic leader that's leading everybody to the arms of Satan. It's absolutely nuts. So, again, I got to say, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. This this is going on in the 80s with, like, Ozzy Osbourne and ACDC. Black Sabbath. Yeah, things like that going on. You know. Judas Priest. If if I'm hearing all these news articles and I'm 16, uh this is the most metal game I've ever heard of. Like, I definitely want to fucking play it. Where do I sign? Um, yeah, Judas, funny enough, Judas Priest actually had to go to court because they got accused of um, hidden message and hidden messages and Satanism and all that in their lyrics. Jesus. Yeah, yeah so I, I even have uh, information, I don't know how deep you want to delve into this, of the religious backlash that followed suit and the different religious groups and organizations that started getting involved and all of this nonsense, it's just crazy. You know what I really want to know is, did bad ever turn into ad? You know, did they ever go from bothered to aggravated (laughs) against D&D? Did did the stakes ever raise? No. Did they just stay bothered? Once Patricia passed away, bad passed away with her, thankfully. Ah, So she was kind of the, the head... You know, headliner. She was leading all these groups and convincing all these religious zealots that this is an issue. And then once she finally went, so did the nonsense. And strangely enough, when that nonsense kind of went on the wayside, I think is when D and D started to pick up a little bit more, more streamlined. It became less. You know, if you look at kids that are in their twenties, their early twenties, 
you know, I, I can't believe I can actually say that. But if you look at kids that are yeah. actually in their 20s, most of them never even heard that Dungeons & Dragons was this huge demonic scare. You know, this is this is all in the past. Well, that's crazy because I guess I'm one of those rare kids. Like, I'm 22, and my dad wouldn't even let me watch Pokemon, bro, when I was a kid. <laughs> so I grew up Jehovah's Witness for, like, probably oh, wow. five or six years. And then, you know, my parents divorced, so I was staying with my mom, who just decided to leave that. So... But, like, I wasn't allowed to watch Pokemon, like, Yu-Gi-Oh, didn't have a birthday, like, all that kind of stuff, bro. So, like, I know what that's like. I've been a part of that, you know. And, like, I, I've never seen Harry Potter because my dad would never let me. And then I just never, like, really had interest in it. So, but D, I've heard about the Dungeons & Dragons being kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, that sounds kind of taboo See, I, I grew up unruly and untethered in Las Vegas. <laughs> so that's why I'm now a dungeon master. So <laughs> summoning demons and... We grew up in the city of yeah. sin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I spend hours of my life drawing a river so my my crew can go down it in two minutes and then <laughs> <laughs> and then move on. Or hours yeah, of my life it's, writing it's stories. It's absolutely for no crazy reason. how many stories you end up relating to, you know, either as a player or as you know the dungeon master that you think back on and laugh, and you're laughing at a memory of an imaginary event. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, the profoundness of that, the beauty of that, then you really realize that Gary Gygax did something really wonderful for the world. He brought back Mm make-believe and gave us an opportunity to reuse our imaginations. And we now live in a time where we're constantly surrounded by technology. We're constantly surrounded by uh, information that's, that's given to us without without any notice, we, instant gratification, and we lose that ability to imagine and daydream, and D&D is bringing that back. And I think that's why it's coming back uh, at full force and mm-hmm. why Critical Role is doing so well and, you know, all D20 is getting such a good following and you're thoroughly enjoying your game as a, as a dungeon master and, and sharing that with your friends. And, because and there, cool. there's something about... Like, it goes back down to, like, the primal thing about storytelling, right? Back in the day, before we had pen and paper and, and, and we could actually write words, all we would do is tell each other stories. And those stories would teach us about dangers. They would teach us about love. They would teach us about all this stuff. And Dungeons & Dragons allows us to create a story in our heads with rules that we can share with the world or just with our friends and look back on it with a sweet little memory of, oh, I remember when I rolled that one. That was hilarious. <laughs> you know, when Rathgar the Barbarian tripped and fell on his axe and cracked it and split his head open. Oh, my God. You know, those are memories that you guys will have for the rest of your life that are silly and childish, but they're also kind of beautiful and profound in the same regard. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, setting up our first game, uh, you know, the first time they're coming up to a cave with some goblins and all that, I had two goblins hidden in the bushes to surprise the group. Josh's character rolled just perfectly to sneak up on them. I think he even did a little, like, roll move, somersault roll move. His boss. He pops out right in front of them, breathes fire on them, and incinerates the two goblins, like, yep. all at once, because he just did all the perfect rolls. And yep. it was a great memory, you know, I to this day, you know, something to laugh about and some hype shit. Exactly. <laughs> and the I'm actually times. watching Josh's facial expressions while you're describing it, and I can see him looking back at the memory yep. <laughs> and enjoying the moment. And that's cool. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't exist. It's not real. But it's cool to be able to have that. So yeah. for people that are at home that have never played Dungeons and Dragons, when we're talking about like rolling dice, again, like if you roll a one, that's an automatic fail. That means you failed whatever you're planning on doing, and usually something hilariously bad happens. <laughs> However, if you roll a natural 20, which we like to say nat 20 or natty 20, mm-hmm. then usually something glorious happens or something, even though it shouldn't shouldn't be the case in the world, like I flap my, my arms when I'm falling 60 feet from the air, alright, well I want to roll for it, and they roll a natural 20 and you're like, fine, you start floating in the air breaking the laws of physics and everybody else is laughing and enjoying that moment, Hell so that's yeah. what we mean by like rolling good and rolling bad and once, in, in once I got Miranda into the game, I started pointing out in life because you know, a lot of people have a hard time understanding like how could I roll one and epically fail at something simple so badly? Yep. But you watch like a professional athlete or something every once in a while, they fucking, they're doing something they've been doing for years and years they and years. It, and they, they biff it, and they break a leg or they end up on their face. And, you know, I, I point out to her, I was like, that guy just rolled a one in life. You know? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Now so she does the same thing. We actually thing. were laughing about it. We were, we rewatched Game of Thrones um, before the new new story comes out. I won't talk about the new story because I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, I haven't watched spoilers. it yet. Uh, but you guys remember the scene where? Um, have you watched it at all? I haven't. I haven't seen like three episodes. Oh, so. you've only seen three episodes? Okay. Like, well, there's a scene yeah, yeah, where <laughs> th- there's this dude that's super skinny, and he's fighting this giant guy called the Mountain um, in in this battle to the death uh, because of some political stuff. Yeah. And when they're actually attacking each other, you, you can literally say, that guy rolled a one in that situation, <laughs> or that guy rolled a natural 20 in that situation. Yeah. And it's hilarious that you could do that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's perfect. Like, you know, um, I grew up playing Halo a lot, right? And so like yeah. there's plenty of like terminology that we use as well like uh, if you ever heard of drop bears like yeah. just like you know oh, someone yeah. if someone attacks someone from above you're just like oh drop bears like it's hype but you know there's there's a moments like that that you come in and the perfect thing I was actually going to take it to that level as well and saying like you know D&D kind of like represents uh you know how chance works in life and like you know yeah. the simple things like the simple things like you know last night I was in my car or in my buddy's car and I had all this shit in my hands and I just like opened my door and I was like, "What are the odds that this fucking water bottle hits the concrete, rolls all the way down his driveway, and fucks up my water bottle?" I rolled a, a, a one, like immediately, right there, like, "Oh, I didn't save it. It's gone. Like, it's fucked up forever." And just yeah. something simple, or like dropping your keys, or tripping over like a, a soft spot of like dirt or something. You know what I mean? Like, it happens all the time, and it, it can translate and teach you lessons about life. Like, yeah, sometimes you just get a shitty hand. Sometimes you get a shitty roll, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you roll a one. Like, it's- Yeah, exactly. And I want to talk about, like, some of the positive things of Dungeons & Dragons. Like, there are groups of people that are, using, that are like, high-spectrum people, mm-hmm. people with, like, autism, mm-hmm. that have a difficult time with uh, social awkwardness and communicating with each other. Yeah. And because of Dungeons & Dragons, they have these rules that they can follow in Dungeons & Dragons. They learn how... How to handle social situations that they normally would not have been mm-hmm. because they're able to make believe and use it as a trial run first and build those social skills as well as play with other people that don't have the, you know the same issues they do yeah. and they're able to bridge the gap on those on on those social skills as an autistic person and now they can communicate on a regular basis they're able to get jobs or or just live a normal life because they play this game dungeons and dragons i, I was absolutely just amazed by reading some of that yeah I mean, wow that's awesome that is amazing like literally amazing <laughs> yeah like, you know, so it's just so interesting when you see both yeah. sides and of the spectrum. it's really cool because now instead of being demonized, you're starting to see celebrities are actually going and playing Dungeons & Dragons with, like, elementary school kids and stuff mm. like that. Um, yeah, exactly. And and now there are after-school groups where uh, people are getting together and they're creating a and d type environment for kids so that they have a, a creative outlet to deal with their own personal issues, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Uh, maybe they have a social awkward wizard and they're a social awkward person and they're able to use their intelligence in the game to do cool things like change the environment of the game as a wizard and therefore... It, it now doesn't feel so bad that they're high of high intellect and socially awkward uh, on their day to day. They can kind of get mm-hmm. past that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything has like it's it's you know it's good and bad, and I think that's kind of where you know people like Patricia fall on one side where they should be in the middle. You know, it's like you should understand with reason that you know people take things too far, and you know with sometimes things can be really good for you you know and i i kind of take that personally with like you know marvel movies or just superheroes in general because like growing up semi-religious as a young child you know what i mean like there was probably some like fundamental belief system built inside of me at that core age and like since i kind of separated from the church it kind of like replaced it with uh you know superheroes because superheroes have taught me a shit ton about like life like you know philosophy doing good things and like you know knowing how to sacrifice and all that kind of stuff it all comes with it and you know finding something like that in like D is totally plausible and like it happens every day to you know children and that's great that it's happened to them too you know like with especially with celebrities so yeah i think it's absolutely amazing and i really can't wait to see what else dungeons and dragons is going to have in store for us because i think this is only the beginning yeah really is yeah it's great i mean even with my group it's brought together my buddy Chris, who's been playing since Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, 
Um, and, you know, he owns his own little kind of online game shop and stuff like that. And the group's Where? lucky to have him. He, he, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He takes notes and does all that stuff. He's got better notes than I do. That's such a master. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you've, you've got me. I've got another guy, Brandon, who's, you know, he's younger, but he's he's a nerd. And he's he plays a couple other RPGs with some other groups. And I've got three brand newbies from all different walks of life who... Hmm. You know, met up to play this game, and it's just really cool. Um, you got they're learning to role play, kind of learning to break break out of that shell, and hmm. you know, yeah. So if you guys want to play Dungeons and Dragons, if you want to know what all the hype's about, you've listened to my podcast after listening to Greg's, and you're like, you know, I want to be the one to roll the dice. Uh, the easiest way to do that is to go to. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Adventure League, just type that in your search engine and look for a local Adventures League, and they have rules broken down for new players to teach you how to play the game, and they simplify it so that it's easy for you to start understanding the rules and the mechanics, and then as you level up in Adventures League, it becomes more and more complex and, and feels more like D&D. So, you know, something I recommend, you know, so it's kind of a plug for D&D Adventures League, but it's a really good place to start if you want to try it. Uh, or if you want to do it I did and just immerse yourself in like three different Dungeons and Dragons podcasts all at the same time until you uh, <laughs> learn the mechanics enough to buy the books and go read it yourself and uh, that works too. Yeah, and make sure that all D20 is one of them. Yeah, all D20 is, is definitely one of them. Bam. Loving the love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're pretty close to wrapping up here. Did you have anything else that like you wanted to kind of go through or... That was the gist of it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of crazy that now Hasbro is the the sole controller of Dungeons Has, and Dragons. Yeah, Hasbro but brought, I also we, think that there's positive to that. There's there's good things coming for it. I, I like to think um, hopefully they you know, leave uh, Wiz, Wizards of the Coast to kind of run it on their own, and you know, just, yeah, yeah. Wizards of the Coast still runs it, but yeah. having Big Brother like Hasbro to, to keep the funding going where it needs to go, I think will help the game go further than it has before. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that, you know, it's a great game. You guys should definitely check it out. If you heard all the rumors about demons and all that other nonsense, well, educate yourself and, and listen to the videos, read the articles, and come up to your own conclusion. But I assure you, out of the... I th- 15 years of playing Dungeons and Dragons, I've never summoned a demon. <laughs> I think beyond the satanic rumors and stuff like that, it's also just kind of got this social stigma of, you know... Like, oh, you're a nerd! Yeah, and even <laughs> though nerds are cool now, I guess... Um, it's just a whole other level. Yeah, because even when my girlfriend started playing it, you know, people at her work are like, you're what? And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you, it's, you just have to give it a chance. you got to let yeah. yourself put yourself in a world. Like, it's this limitless world that you... You can have as much fun as you let yourself have. True. Exactly. And it, it's really a treat. I, yeah. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. And I, but that's I, pretty much it. That's all I have. Yeah. I love it now that I had a girlfriend who was unsure, and now all of a sudden she's talking to me about uh, the game, you know, why we're not playing, and things I don't even remember. Like, her character has a letter, is carrying a, an unopened letter that she's carrying around. She's like, I think I'm ready to open my letter soon. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I better go write a letter then. <laughs> <laughs> The amount of work as a dungeon master, it's absolutely insane. Uh, so those of you players who actually play with your dungeon master, you should give them some love because yeah, they should. spend hours and hours getting this game just, ready for you to play. It's just, not just grab a book and then there you go. We are creating a make-believe world for you guys to participate in. So let let me kind of give you give an love. idea of the point of frustration. Is my, my characters are going down a river on a raft right now, so last week as I'm writing the story, I put a fork in the river, which means I had to write two completely different outcomes, and I know they're only going to choose one of them, so... I spent yeah. I spent hours writing something else that doesn't even matter, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're always going to choose the one that you don't think they're going to choose. So the one that you put all this work and detail into just goes to the wayside, which mm. is exactly what my group just did. But uh, the beautiful part about that is they don't know about that other alternative path. No, so no. there could be another fork in another river. Yeah, exactly. Later on down the game, that ends up having all the information you already have it pre-written. That's You're good true. To go. That is true. And uh, <laughs> a lot of improvising too. Sometimes, yep. A lot of shooting from the hip. Oh, I- improv is key. There's definitely yeah. a lot of yes and in this game. Yeah, for sure. So, mm. I definitely encourage any of you to go out and try it. I definitely encourage you to 
listen to All D20, hosted by Joseph Musso. I encourage you to follow them on Instagram. Uh, yeah, you're on Instagram now and oh, Facebook yeah. and all we'll, that we'll stuff. We'll do those plugs. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, at all underscore D20. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, that's facebook.com forward slash all D20. And you can find me at Twitter, at all underscore D20. You can actually talk to me directly on Twitter if you wanted to. And that's all D20 underscore Joseph. Hell yeah. That's a lot of options that we don't have. Uh, you can find us at SP Weird World at Instagram. And I recently rejoined Twitter, so we'll be working on that. We'll be talking with um, whoever is our next. We're going to start working meeting. on some Twitter stuff soon. Um, I'm on Twitter. Like, I know my Instagram stuff. I just put it to Twitter, but I don't actively like tweet. So yeah. yeah, you can follow me at Greg's Weird World at Twitter, <laughs> Instagram. You can follow Josh at Josh Hartco. Yeah, so you can follow me at Josh Hartco on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I also run a photography slash videography slash visual arts page. Uh, you know, we're still figuring it out, but it's cool. Uh, it's Heart Co. Photos, so you can check those out. And uh, also, before we go, um, I'm sure all of you guys have heard of NPR Tiny Desk. Yeah. So they ran a contest from May from April, wait March 12th to April 14th. So I submitted my entry via nice. YouTube. Um, you know, Sweet. Fingers crossed. But if you guys want to check that out, show your boy some love, go to YouTube. Uh, just search me on YouTube, Josh so, Marco, and you can find the entry there, and you can watch it. Please subscribe, nice. like, comment. I'd love to hear from if you guys. If you're a music lover and you don't know what Tiny Desk is, just go to YouTube, NPR Tiny Desk, and you can find all sorts of musicians who have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, all great little performance, literally in the NPR office, like in this little yeah, tiny area. Tiny area behind a desk, yeah. and they're usually like acoustic renditions of songs that you love. Yeah. So you get to hear your artist in a new way. And so, cool. yeah, definitely uh, vote for Josh or do whatever you got to do to get Josh in there. Your vote doesn't matter, but I would still appreciate it. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> um, and check him out. And make sure you follow him on Spotify, iTunes, whatever your music listening source is. Yeah, just Josh Hartco. It's all one word, J-O-S-H-H-A-R-T-C-O. Yeah, other than that, thanks for listening. Thanks to Joseph Musso for being here today. Of course. Thanks Joseph. for having me. Hey, it was a pleasure. Pleasure you know what? you, bro. Mostly, thanks for doing my job. Um, that's that's the, that's the huge shout out of the show today. Uh, saving it for you. Um, you know, I didn't. I barely did any research for this. I, I literally watched some videos today and listened to some stuff. Um, Joe did all the footwork on this. Um, I've had a very busy life lately, so huge shout out to Joseph Musso. Medium plus shout out to Felicity Musso. No, fuck it. Huge shout out. Oh, all right. Let's co-sign by Josh now. There huge shout out to the Musos in general. Yes. All right. Thank you. Um, and you guys, this has been so hard to do without Josh, and I'm so glad he's back. But I'm gonna need you guys to go ahead and do one more thing. Keep it weird. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I never knew anything like that in the whole of my life. Nice.